Thank you for listening to Rotten Bananas Podcast. And if you have been listening, thank you for listening to the other two parts of our series. This is the final part, Rotten Bananas and Our Hearts. In this episode, we talk about our love lives and mothering and all the ways that Rotten Bananas extend our hearts. I even get a little bit personal and talk about my own marriage. And we have guest Melanie Martinez from Mel Alamo, and she gets personal and talks about her own relationship too. Thank you for listening. So we are so excited to have Melanie Martinez with us today. I've known Melanie for a while now. We used to blog for Uptown Girls together. And when that fell apart, I feel like we were on like the same wavelength. And I'm so excited to have you here. Yes. So we're going to start with the first question. How do you identify racially, culturally, sexually, economically, and socially? (laughs) I am Melanie Martinez, heterosexual, Latina, strong, female, middle class, I guess. Uptown baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's me. Okay. And how does your identity shape what you do? My nine to five, I I work in communications. My five to nine, I am a blogger, content creator, mental health advocate, self-love advocate. Taking my upbringing as a Latina woman, taking what my mom and my dad have taught me, what I've learned in relationships, what I've learned about myself growing up and teaching other women and other men to always take their self-worth with them first. Putting the best version of yourself out always absolutely shapes everything that I do as, as a person. Thank you for sharing. So what would you say is the role of love in our Caribbean childhood homes? Love in my household, at least, was the forefront of everything. I'm very lucky to still have my parents together, they're going to be 31 years married next week. Congrats to them. 31 yeah. years. That's mm-hmm. a long 31 time. 31 years married. They're very much in love. They're like two teenagers. It's <laughs> <laughs> annoying at times, but it's it set the best example for me. I love my upbringing and just like watching my parents love each other and teach me self-respect. I had one collective lesson and that was your self-worth is always first. You Mm. should always treat yourself like a queen so that you can attract that king. Don't ever go chasing a man and don't ever go put yourself down for somebody just because they put you down. And then growing up, you try to take that with you and you're carrying this backpack that your parents gave you and it starts to slip off because you meet all these new generational men and you're just like fighting for people that I shouldn't be fighting for. Mm. And it just becomes difficult. But That was love for me growing up. It wasn't until I found myself on the floor that I remembered I wasn't raised that way. That's not the way that I would raise my children. And just because I'm interacting with these people, it doesn't mean that I have to stoop myself down to this level. So I'm going to drop everybody and whoever comes my way comes my way. And, and, And my journey has been very, very, very interesting. Okay, thank you for sharing that. How does your identity shape how you plan to mother? Mm, so I am six and a half months pregnant right now. Yay, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I definitely, I want to raise my daughter the same way that I was raised in that sense. I want to teach her that her self-worth is everything. As a woman, as a Latina woman, you know, as an Afro-Latina woman, my fiance is Afro-Latino. I want to teach her that she can do everything. She can do anything that she wants. And that's something that, you know, I was taught, but I also struggled with. My parents are both immigrants. So as they were teaching me these things, they were trying to set the best example, but there are a lot of things that I had to learn on my own. 
being first generational. I want to give her everything that was on the backpack that I mentioned that my parents gave me, I want to hand down to her. But add on all these new nuances and, and things that I learned along the way. I grew up in greater New York and and I, I know what it is to date these guys and I know what they want and how they talk and how they maneuver and that it's probably going to be more difficult for her because growing up, my mom told me like, hey, guys are going to do this and guys are going to do that. But now they have 80,000 avenues where they can do this, mm. these things. They can break up with you online and they can break up with you on Instagram. They can break up with you. In the, and it was just like, oh, okay, I heard you, mom, but like you have no idea. And I'm sure it's going to be worse for her. So I just want to be the listening ear but and let her know that you know, I, I, I've kind of been there. So shout out to baby Maui. Is that how you're pronouncing it? <laughs> so my fiance's name is Hewlett, like Hewlett Mountain. Mm. We call him Huey, so, and I'm Mel, so the baby's name for now is baby Miui. Oh, Miui. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> shout out to her. I'm so happy she's a girl, by the way. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I don't know why you thought you were having a boy. It's obvious that you needed to carry a woman to this world. I'm like, okay, maybe you're right. So excited about that. We've been talking about this, and I feel like the whole world is talking about it. Jay-Z called our attention to the idea that women mature faster than men on 444. And so can you speak a little bit about that idea based on your own experiences? So I absolutely agree. The first time listening to 444, my initial reaction from like a mental health standpoint was just like, yes, he had his breakthrough, finally. Whether it was at 30 or... 47. Oh, wow. <laughs> almost 50 years old. And but like, then you think about everything that he had against him. He has special circumstances, but he's still a man of color. He still grew up in New York. The ideals that you learn on the street. Lack of a father. All these things that people all around us have to combat. And I'm just like, it's normal life. Like, it's, it's not a unique thing. It's, it happens from personal experience. Absolutely. I am with the love of my life right now, but our, our journey was very difficult. We were caught in a very interesting love triangle with a female who had totally different ideals than I had. And I've never taught him how to love me. I was just myself and let him do his thing. On the other hand, she knew about me and was just like trying to reach out and do all the things that I wasn't doing chasing him and, and telling him things that I wasn't. And it was all because, and I did it in retrospect, it was because she had a totally different Caribbean experience than I did. Like love in her household must have been different. So he was hearing different things. And he comes from a household where he still has his two parents very much in love in the Dominican Republic right now, like their 30th honeymoon. I always wondered why he was ignoring that. Like we come from the same upbringing. His parents are very much like my parents. Why isn't he maturing fast enough? He's one of the smartest people that I know. What's going on there? And then I realize now, as I'm like pregnant, you know, I might be mothering a son. What am I going to tell my son when he asks, you know, how, how did mommy and papi get together? Men, especially men of color, have all these different messages coming to them at all times. And I think about Jay-Z, like, would Jay-Z be the Jay-Z he is today if he came out rapping about, oh, I love you and I want to give you this and I want to give you the world? No. First of all, we wouldn't have had hits like Money Cash Hoes, <laughs> Big Pimpin' and shit like that. But it's not something that's taught in the world. Like, you may learn that in your household, but where do you spend the most time? In the streets with your friends, teachers or whatever. And it's not something that, that's spoken about. Men of color get all these different messages. They have to be the poppies. They have to be uh, machos. They have to get all these women. And in turn, women of color get hurt. And, and they don't really know how to deal with it. So that's really what propelled me to do the work that I do. Whether it's just uploading a picture on Instagram and just filling it with a caption about something that I experienced. 
I still get women write that write to me and they're like, thank you. Thank you for writing what you wrote. Thank you for posting that story on Instagram. Thank you for tweeting what you did because I'm going through the same thing and that really helped me. Like, why is it that this is happening to me? And I'm just like, think about your self-love first. The men will learn their lesson eventually, but it does take time. He's 30 and people want like 24-year-old men to be these like, you know, why why isn't he up to my level yet? And it's just like, girl, you, you got to like give it time. They have a lot of growing to do. Let people grow. I think that's really interesting. What are your thoughts on women of color who are dealing with their own demons, healing men of color? My advice, I guess what I just said, my advice to everybody and not only women of color is love yourself first. You can never teach somebody how to love you. You love yourself first, you treat yourself with respect, and you become a model for everybody around you. And people will act accordingly. It's like you're writing your own rule book and you walk around with this like Bible that people will eventually follow. If you treat yourself like shit and you're like chasing people and, and, and doing things that are not respectful to yourself, then people are going to be like, all right, well, that's the way that I should treat this person. That's the way that things are going to go. And then you sit there and wonder, I'm wearing all this makeup and I do, I do my hair and I work out, blah, 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 whatever. That doesn't mean that you love yourself. You need to truly, truly, truly love yourself. And I know in this day and age where the world literally makes money from our insecurities, it just becomes a never-ending cycle. Break that. Break that. Just love yourself fully, truly. Every speck of color on your body, every freckle, every curl, every stray hair, every everything. Just love yourself. Love everything about yourself, your intelligence, the way that you carry yourself should always be queen-like. And then you will eventually attract your king. You mentioned that Jay-Z experience is something that other men of color like in our communities go through. Mm-hmm. My concern with that is that infidelity will be normalized and that women's treatment, oh, well, he'll eventually grow up yeah. or he'll eventually come up. Um, that will be normalized. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that that's true. I think that, just like from my own personal experience, if I was sensing that I'm dealing with a man and this isn't happening the way that I want it to happen, then I just have to end it immediately. Even my husband. You know, this is a choice. Like, every day we wake up and I'm still choosing to be here. But one day, either of us could wake up and be like, you know what? I I don't want this anymore. I don't want to make that choice anymore. And that's okay. And we have the freedom to make those choices. And in the beginning, it's like, okay, if this is what you are saying, then this is cool. But if it's not, if you don't want to just be with me and you don't just want to be with one person, that's cool too. I'm not going to stick around for it. And like, we can move from that. We don't have to wait for somebody to grow up. We don't have to wait for somebody to like be on our page. We can still keep it moving. And we can still say, you know, that's cool. I'm fearful. I don't want young women to move through, move through um, thinking that, oh, I'm going to have to get my heart broken. I'm going to have to go through some pain. I'm going to have to be hurt in order to experience love. And I don't think that that's true. I think that if you demand it from the beginning and you notice that there is somebody that you're interested in, and they are not giving you the things that you desire, the quicker you let go of it, the quicker what you do desire will come to you. That's absolutely what I mean. To be very explicit, I broke up with him. We were together for three years, and and I said, that's it. You know, um, I'm not dealing with this anymore. 
And I left many times. Every time I noticed that he was straying away and, and we weren't clicking anymore and our ideals weren't matching, I left every single time. And that's what I mean by letting people grow is breaking it off. You know, if you need to go through some stuff on your own, then you need to go through that stuff by yourself. You love something, let it go. And if it's meant for you, it'll come back. And that's literally what my life has been. I knew we were going to be together from the moment I met him. And it sucks because I, I talk about that all the time. And I'm just like, all right, this is the love of my life. It was like love of, at first sight. So I had to tell him like, all right, you're not doing what you should be doing for you. I never once told him you should, you're not doing what you should be doing for me. Because that's not growth. You, sh- you don't grow for other people. You grow for yourself. So if you want to be happy with that person, then you be happy. But this is what you should be doing. And I'm telling you this as a best friend. But you cannot pressure somebody. You cannot make somebody or mold somebody into who you want them to be. You can only mold yourself. So absolutely, be that queen. And if you need to step away, I know it's painful. I know it hurts. I know it's the worst. So I totally agree with you there. And when it comes to like men and thinking that it's okay to do these things it, it hopefully that ends hopefully the mothers who are who are creating these men to come teach their sons to respect women and teach them different ideals than than what they're listening to in songs and what their friends are teaching on, on the street and hopefully that mold is just like broken forever do you think it is the responsibility of women to teach men these things? I think it's the responsibility of everybody. <laughs> I think it's the responsibility of everybody, but women are the teachers of the world. I think our word holds a lot more weight, unfortunately. Uh, I'm very for equality, very feminist, but yeah, it sucks that women's, women's word holds a lot more weight. Um, people didn't start to pay attention to Jay-Z and Beyonce's flaws until Beyonce finally came out with Lemonade and then he was like, shit, I gotta come out with a response. Would Jay-Z have come out with his stuff if she hadn't done Lemonade? I don't think so. So um, I think it's everybody's responsibility, but as women creating these men and just like, don't let your sons walk out the door and create kings. So I want to respond. First of all, I remember in our last event together where you performed your asshole and this was like (laughs) an ode to that heartbreak. And I remember thinking like, yo, Melanie goes through this because I had gone through a very similar experience. And this is kind of why I wanted you to be here because I want to talk about diversities within love. How do we decolonize love? I was with this guy since I was like 13. He was like my downstairs neighbor and he still lives till this day. Mm -hmm. And it was like this experience where I kept being cheated on and yo siempre me ha dado mi valor. I've always felt like I am fucking gorgeous. I am everything. Yeah, like (laughs) I've always felt that way. But as soon as we got together and I realized he was cheating on me with these women who were basically older versions of myself. My self-esteem just got ridiculous and I felt like I have to mature in order to be this woman already so I can be the woman he wants me to be, right? I went through this for about 10 years and it was finally when he did not come to my college graduation that I was like, yo, I've been through everything with you. I mean, from mental, physical, all types of violations and I've still held you down and you're going to do this to me when I'm like, you know, whatever. This is really hard, honestly. What kind of signs do you see in your fiance that verify for you that he's done the work necessary to finally be worthy of redemption? This is like my best friend that I'm talking about. So 
you're not only seeing them as a lover, you're seeing them as like, all right, we've been through everything possible. So what are you going to do now that's different? He went to therapy, which is super stigmatized in our community as it is. And it was just like, he knows that's something that's truly important to me. And I'm like getting emotional talking about this. Um, and it's not just the hormones. <laughs> that was enough to be like, all right, he's serious about breaking these mental chains that have barred him for his whole life. That was my turning point. And that was when I started to even give him an inch and say, all right, maybe I'm ready to work on this again. Maybe we, we were ready to start over. And it took a while. It took over a year. But I'm not saying that every woman that goes through this and every man that goes through this just go to therapy and everything's going to be okay. But you need to do what's best for you. And that's what he thought was best for him. He did ask me, you know, I don't know how to, how to do this, but I really want to cleanse myself. And it's not something I know I need to talk about it, but I can't talk about it with you. So I was like, all right, that's a decision a mature man would make. So I helped him. Let's find you a therapist. You do what you got to do. I never once asked him, what did you talk about in therapy? You know, what, what went on there? Are you good now? Like, are you ready? I let him do his thing. I let him do his thing. And to, his, to this day, I'm still growing with our child inside me. Like, I'm still growing. He's still growing. I see it every day. Just the way that he speaks and his work ethic and how he talks about his unborn daughter. You can see that and you can feel that in the other person. So I guess some of the signs um, that let me know that a man is doing the work is that he's doing the work around other people, too. Do I hear in your conversations with your homeboys on the phone when you calling them out on the sexist things that they're saying? When they say, oh, yes, I love her, but I'm with her, do you shut that down right. immediately? When your creepy uncle starts saying things <laughs> and trying to, like, grab hugs, do you slap his hand and say, no, that's not okay? I, I agree, actually, absolutely. And just to quickly retract on my my last answer, where <laughs> when you guys asked, oh, because this set up a light bulb and, and it brought up something that I told you the other day. It's totally up to men to create this culture of like, this is okay. This is actually a normal thing to be a good human person. One of our friends came up to Huey the other day and he was like, thank you. And he's like, for what? I'm having a kid with my fiance. He's like, no, thank you for setting a good example. And this is a black man talking to another black man. He said, I never got that example. So thank you for like being this cool person. My friend that I can look up to who's in love, doing the right thing. And people know our history because I had a blog where I explicitly spoke about my experiences and had old to an asshole performed everywhere. So people know what we went through together. And, and now we have those same people who are just like, damn girl, good that you left him. Saying, damn girl, thank you. Like, wow, like your story's awesome. Thank you to him, which is, I think that's the first thing that's ever happened to him for, for someone to notice. And then for it to be a black man. To say thank you for being an example for me, a grown ass man, that is a beautiful thing. <laughs> this, honestly, this conversation is important. I hope men are listening to this right now and understand that it's true. Like they have to do these everyday things. I see a lot of men putting their foot in the room when it comes to like doing this work. We need you guys to take freaking leaps. Like I don't need you to come in here baby stepping. Like if you're chilling with your homeboy and he's a womanizer, stop him, dude. If you're being a womanizer, stop that. We're out here literally trying to be better women every day. And we're trying to hold you guys down. Like, yo, just think about things that go on in our communities when we have to go rally and go to these events to support men. It's mostly women going, we're out here trying to uplift all of you. Like, yeah. when does it become, all right, I'm going to do something for this total stranger that I have not met, but I know that I can save her from my homeboy. Mm -hmm. 
I am so glad you are talking to your fiance <laughs> now about doing this work because I really feel like his experience yeah. and his voice can do a lot for our uptown. It's normally in these spaces that these men commune and like do the shit they do to us. So yeah, shout out to him and you, you. and baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a man doing this work and you have melanin in your skin, thank you. Thank you very much, no matter where you are. All right, so we're going to end on this final note. What advice would you give to women in our communities going through similar experiences with men of color? Love creates everything. It creates the life that you want for yourself. It, it, it lets you shine. And now more than ever, now that I'm a mother, now that I'm embracing my body, now that I'm embracing my mind and where my future is heading, people are like, wow, you're glowing. I'm like, no, girl, I've always glowed. <laughs> my glow up took a long time, but, you know, Ladies, be queens. Uh, we end our blog asking our guests to state an affirmation and liberation for our listeners and for us and for yourself. Affirmation. It's probably going to be lovely, you guys. So um, <laughs> let me think about it. Um, so when you say this affirmation, I would do just stare in the mirror, look at yourself in the pupil. That's where you see your soul. And just say, I am whole by myself. I am whole. I am beautiful. I am a queen. Say that every day until you believe it. You do something until it becomes normal for you. And when do you feel most liberated? I want to say when I'm naked, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's real. I don't know. I kind of, liberation is kind of an, an everyday, all the time thing for me now, which is very weird for me. I've never been asked that question, so thank you. And it's kind of like a moment of thing for me right <laughs> now because I do so much work and I talk about my past so much. I've always been enchained. I've always been enchained by my anxiety, by my depression, by thing. And now I feel like as a mother, I feel the most liberated I've ever felt in my whole life. I have all the power that I was seeking as a kid, as a teenager. I have now. God was like, all right, you did all this work. Here's a child. You're ready. Go do what you got to do, girl. You're ready to create another human being. You, yes. you did it. I feel like this is more than a gift. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. We're going to end on this note. As a Latina struggling with hair texture. <laughs> <laughs> struggling my way hair texture for real. Because yeah, we've, yeah, we've been talking about identity. So what advice would you give other rotten bananas, which we identify as women who come from the Caribbean African diaspora? What advice or words of wisdom would you lend them? As I'm sitting at this table, I'm a fair-skinned rotten banana with freckles all over her face. <laughs> who identifies very much with her Afro-Latinidad, and I wear that shit proudly. I actually had a very weird experience just yesterday, and it was kind of like, thank God I'm doing this podcast tomorrow because I am so sick and tired of other Latina women being uncomfortable with the fact that I identify with my Afro-Latinidad. And it's kind of just like, let me be. Yesterday was a very hot day. When I don't feel like doing my hair, or I'm pregnant now, my hair used to be very curly, now it's straight, and I don't feel like doing anything with it, I throw on a head wrap. Everybody that knows me knows that I live in head wrap. And no, I've never been the girl to go to a salon every weekend or, or do, do tubies or do rolos or whatever. I've been the girl in head wraps for as long as I can remember. And I was walking down the stairs in my apartment building and there's these two women, one fresh out of the salon, the other. <laughs> and I'm not, I swear I'm not judging anybody, but she was like with her little corset on, came back from the gym 
and I'm walking down the stairs and they literally stop talking to stare at me and go down the stairs. And I've never been the type of person to just be like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I do care what everybody thinks. I do care what people think about me because I do a lot of work to carry myself in this very bright and light way. I, I want to pave the path for other people. And here are these two women who are around my age, maybe a little bit older. And as I'm walking down the stairs, I hear them like giggle. And one of them says in Spanish, ha ha ha, I don't know either. All right, I could let that slide, and I did eventually. I know they were talking about me. I know they were probably talking about the way I was dressed. And all I can say, advice-wise, is just be yourself. And if you make people uncomfortable, cool. Do that shit. Do what you do and make people uncomfortable. Do it with as much power. And just be yourself. That's who I am. I'm never going to stop being who I am. That's the best lesson my mother ever taught me. It sucks that it doesn't only make white people uncomfortable. It makes other Latinas uncomfortable insane that's real <laughs> thank you so much for thank sharing you, your stories i feel inspired and i hope that everyone else feels inspired just to be their best selves and to love themselves yes no matter who it makes uncomfortable yes so mel where can people follow you at on social media outlets i am mel alamode m-e-l-a-l-a-m-o-d-e I have a blog that's in progress. I have an archive there if you guys want to read all the scandalous shit I used to write about. But I am Mel Lamode. You can find me at melalamode.com. Instagram, Twitter, DM me. We want to thank Melanie Martinez for coming in and being transparent about her story and sharing her truth with us. And if you have a story that you want to share, please let us know. Even though this series is over, we want to continue having the conversations. So if you have a topic that you want to talk about, or if you have a conversation that you want to record, please let us know. Thank you for listening.